Hello again, EOB Society. Welcome back to another installment of Evolution Revisited. I'm your host, Jason Sircone, and today on the show, I am reflecting back on episode 36 of Evolution of Brand featuring Laura Kelly. Laura brought some amazing strategies for getting your hands around the numbers that make up the revenue of your business, which I know is something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't put at the top of their priority list, especially in the beginning. And that's something I'm going to talk about today here on the show. But Laura's strategies will help you have a firm understanding of why you need to emphasize your revenue, have a system in place that allows you to manage your income and make sense of all of your numbers, and ultimately not put you in a position where things are spiraling out of control and putting you in a place where you need to seek additional help because you don't want to get penalized by the IRS or just not have an understanding of how to grow and scale your business. Your numbers will help you do that, but you have to understand what they mean and how they can help fuel that growth. If you haven't done so already, listen to episode 36 with Laura before consuming Evolution Revisited today. You can jump over to jasonsircone.com slash Laura Kelly to get access to the full episode, the video clip that I pulled, plus resources from Laura, the show notes that I put together that are time stamped. If you're a brand owner, this is an episode you do not want to miss. So let's talk about some of my big takeaways from my conversation with Laura. Like I said, attacking these numbers may not be at the top of your priority list at the beginning because the first thing you need to do is generate revenue, right? I know that was my experience. I always thought that, well, once I get money coming in, then I'll start figuring out how to manage it because I'll actually have something to manage. What I should have done was build a system. Now everything is already in place and all I need to do is manage this on the front end. And the reason I say that's what I should have done is because I ended up having a scenario in my own business when I first got started where I just had months of receipts and statements. And ultimately, all these things just piled up and I didn't know what to do with them until I finally said, okay, this has gone on long enough. I'm going to need to get my hands around this. And I sat down at my kitchen table one night and I know it bled into the wee morning hours just trying to get everything organized and put in place and get myself an understanding. And when I finally went to bed and woke up the next day, I said, no more of this. It's time to have a system in place. And I'm not saying that it's the most elaborate system either, but it allows me to track what's going on and have an understanding of what's coming into my business and what's going out. Obviously, I want to make sure that my taxes are being handled. I want to make sure that all of my expenses are covered. I want to make sure that anything that could be a business expense and treated as a write-off, that I have a firm understanding of that. And these are all things that you can accomplish by having a system in place. And this is what Laura has built her business around, helping business owners like me, like you, EOB Society, have a firm understanding of what they need to know. And it's one of those things, too, especially when you're getting started. You don't know what you don't know. So having an ally like Laura in place can give you all of the information you need to make sure you're doing things successfully. So what I love about Laura and her business, Tula Books, is that not only will she provide guidance and help you gain a better understanding of your income and, and how to manage that revenue, but she'll do the heavy lifting for you. And what that allows you to do is keep your focus on what you're most passionate about. Going back to the very beginning, you launched your business, you launched your brand because you had an idea. You had something that you knew you could run with 
and you did your vetting, you found out that the world liked what you had to offer, and you wanted to bring that to the world to consume. So the management of numbers may not be the number one priority on your list. So it's great to have somebody that you can outsource this work to so you can keep your focus on what you're most passionate about and know that this very important aspect of your business is being handled appropriately. So I highly recommend you check out what Laura has to offer. I put a link to her guide, How to Fix the Top 3 Money Blunders Almost Every Entrepreneur Will Make, in the show notes. I'll also include it in the show notes today for Evolution Revisited. I highly suggest you check that out because not only will you be able to get a copy of this guide for free, but you'll enter into Laura's ecosystem and you'll learn more about how her and her company can help you if you're in need of assistance in this area. And I think I can speak for all of us EOB Society. We all need to have some level of thought when it comes to our numbers and how those numbers can serve our growth and our scaling over time. So definitely check out what Laura has to offer. And like I said, having someone you can outsource this to, this leads into my second takeaway, is huge because you want to keep your focus on the things you're most passionate about, your zone of genius, if you will. So having someone in place who can do that heavy lifting and ensuring that that important aspect of your business is in good hands, that is a tremendous partner to have. So if you're in that mindset right now where you need a trusted ally to help you get a better understanding of your books or to manage them from top to bottom, Laura and her team is the crew you need to be associated with. Check out tulabooks.co. You can click the link in the show notes to get access to learn more about how they can help you. So episode 36 is available to consume as we speak right now. Hop back and take a listen to that if you haven't already. And if you have, thank you for listening. But jump back and listen again because you may have missed some important information from what Laura had to offer. All right, so let's take a few minutes to talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 just took place last weekend. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. I can't say that I didn't see it coming because they obviously were one of the top teams in the NFC. I had kept my money on Tom Brady because he's just so hard to bet against, but the Rams came in and knocked Brady out en route to making it to the Super Bowl. The game was pretty good. There are some questionable things at the end, like why are you not putting double coverage on Cooper Cup, their best receiver? And then why was Aaron Donald not flagged for being off sides on fourth and one? A lot of things got overlooked, but that's, again, like not, I'm not making excuses. It's just things that you see. And obviously the, the meme, if you're, if you're in the football space and you follow football in any capacity, chances are by now you've seen the meme going around of Aaron Donald being lined up offside on fourth down, and he made the critical sack that ended the game. So congrats to the Rams on bringing home the Super Bowl title. As a Steelers fan, I should be programmed to hate the Bengals because they're a division rival, but they're just such a hard team to hate. I, I despise the Ravens, I despise the Browns, but I've never despised the Bengals for whatever reason. So I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch for the next 10, 12 years with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the rest of the talent they've assembled. It sucks as a Steeler fan to know that it's going to be hard to get through the division for the next decade, but there are so many issues that the Steelers have to deal with right now that that's probably not a conversation that even needs to be had until some of those issues get addressed. But let's talk about something else that I thought was very interesting with the Super Bowl. So I know this isn't the first year that this has happened, but 
I noticed over the past couple years that the quality of the commercials just aren't the same. And I think that's a subjective take because I posted on my Facebook page during the Super Bowl that people that showed up just to watch the commercials are probably incredibly upset right now because what I had seen up until I made that post was really not that good. Now, production quality, of course, was great. And yes, I will say there were people at my Super Bowl party who were holding their phone up to the bouncing QR code for the Coinbase commercial, trying to figure out what that was all about. So I'm sure that was their objective, and they accomplished it at least in my house. But overall, I just feel like the commercials just aren't what they used to be. And you saw so many big brands that used to have such a presence throughout the Super Bowl with their advertising not even be a part of it. Some of the beer brands were not anywhere near the commercials this year. And Bud Light was more on the seltzer side, if I recall. I think they ran a seltzer campaign. But, I mean, and that's more indicative of where the world is going in regards to adult beverages. But that's a conversation for another day. But overall, I just felt like the, the commercials just didn't have the same pop as they used to. And I feel like that's a product of where we are in the world today. And that's how I was looking at it. Now, I will say this. Before I pressed record on today's podcast, I did ask Google how much a Super Bowl ad for 30 seconds went for this year. And it was up to $6.5 million for a 30-second spot. Highest the Super Bowl has ever seen. And perhaps a reason why some companies are pulling back. And that money is being invested into other forms of advertising that are going to actually reach somebody. And that's, again, the world we're living in. Advertising has changed a lot. As a brand, you only have a couple seconds to really grab somebody's attention. And you have to do so on platforms like Facebook and YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. And if you're not doing your part to grab their attention there, chances are you're going to lose them to someone that is. So the Super Bowl stage is just not the same as it used to be in regards to getting people to pay attention. Yes, I think people still want to see the commercials, and there were some entertaining ads, the Larry David ad. See, here's the thing. This is what's funny. As I say this now, uh, being a big Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm fan, the Larry David ad was funny, but I don't remember what that was for. (laughs) So that's that's, that's on me that, okay, just because it was Larry David, that was awesome, but I didn't really get who that was for because it didn't obviously resonate with me. I'm sure if I see it again, obviously it'll be front of mind. And yes, it will be something I remember. But the ad that I love the most was the Chevy Silverado ad with the kids from The Sopranos, Robert Eiler and Jamie Lynn Sigler, doing the intro to The Sopranos with Meadow driving through Jersey in the Chevy Silverado. I thought that was pretty cool. And again, that's probably just because if you put anything in front of me that's related to The Sopranos, I'm probably going to enjoy it. But again, overall, my thought process and everything was advertising has really changed. And it makes me wonder how many brands are going to continue to stay loyal to the Super Bowl advertising platform. We've seen brands start to do things differently where their commercials come out a week before the Super Bowl, two weeks before the Super Bowl. And I think that takes a little bit of the flair away from that stage. This is more just commentary on where we are today and how brands have to do things differently to reach their target audience. But how is that going to impact the Super Bowl advertising stage as we shift more and more to the digital advertising space? Time will tell. And I guarantee you when we hit the Super Bowl next year, ad revenue will go up again and it's going to cost even more for that 30 second spot. 
So to wrap this up, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams, Super Bowl champions. Next year, it'll be the Pittsburgh. <laughs> God, I can't even say that without laughing. I think it's going to be the Bills next year. I'm going to go. You heard it here first. Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl in 2023 for the 2022 season. I'm probably putting the kiss of death on it now, right? Anyway, let's move on. We've got episode 38 coming at you next week. I'm going to be joined by Rocky Buckley. Rocky is a successful entrepreneur who's been working in the online training and teaching space for over two decades and has helped countless brands bring these types of products to market. Rocky and I had a great conversation about building courses that actually impact people. In addition to that, Rocky and I had a great conversation about the importance of building your personal brand and how to really embellish that personal brand and bring it center stage so more people can find you and relate to your message. We've talked about this a lot here on Evolution of Brand, and I am thrilled to continue that conversation with Rocky on episode 38. Here's a brief clip from my conversation with Rocky Buckley on episode 38 of Evolution of Brand. And as somebody who, again, was behind the scenes, I had not built any kind of a public image. My social followings were really mostly friends and family and you know some business stuff, but, but small. I didn't have a footprint. I hadn't developed anything online. And I had to really mechanically think through that process of, like, how do I do this strategically? How do I take who I am and break that out and so that I could visu- visibly see it and design my public persona and turn that into a strategy, a positioning strategy, a messaging strategy, et cetera. And what I found along the way with that is that most of that route does not occur successfully in the way that most people think it does. A lot of people think that the way to build like a personal brand and so on is, is tactical in nature. People, it was like putting out a lot of content and doing all of this stuff mechanically that all the gurus teach, right? And everybody does that stuff. And they find that they get crickets when they put out their content. Nobody's responding to it. It's not resonating with anyone. It's not generating any business for them because it's all outside in. It's all focused on the outer game of success without focusing first on the inner part. And the inner part is the most important where you're actually bringing out the most important element of this whole thing. And that's you. That's finding those elements about yourself, your identity, your purpose, what you're passionate about, your gifts, et cetera, your life story. All of these different elements are included in this inner game. And once you get to know those things, once you get to know how to maximize those things, that's when the tactics and strategies externally really start to kick in. That's when you find that you are connecting with people. You're resonating. You're magnetic to other people, right? But that only really happens if you can unlock those assets and resources that you have internally. So there you have it. Episode 38 of Evolution of Brand features Rocky Buckley and will go live next Tuesday. Make sure that you're subscribed and you're following Evolution of Brand so you're the first to know when new content goes live. If you want to support the show, all you need to do is visit Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, and leave a positive written review, or visit Spotify and leave a five-star review there as well. And most importantly, be sure to recommend Evolution of Brand to one person in your circle who will be impacted by this content. That's going to do it for today's installment of Evolution Revisited. I look forward to reconnecting with you next week on episode 38 
of Evolution of Brand. Until then, this has been Jason Sircone. Never stop evolving. Podcast guest marketing is the most dynamic, value-driven, and fun way to build your presence and grow your personal brand. Whenever you go on a podcast, you have a brand new opportunity to make an impact, provide value, and position yourself as a resource and thought leader in your space. But in order to maximize the success of your campaigns, you need to be fully optimized and execute with a strategy that ensures you're setting yourself up to reap the rewards of your guest appearances for years to come. To help you get started, I put together a blueprint called 10 Tips for Becoming a Valuable, Fully Optimized Podcast Guest, and I want to give this to you for free today. This guide will walk you through the important steps of podcast guest optimization, finding podcasts that align with your mission, curating a powerful guest presentation, and so much more. Pick up a free copy of 10 Tips for Becoming a Valuable, Fully Optimized Podcast Guest today by visiting jasoncircone.com slash PGO guide or click the link in the show notes to learn more.